Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Over the last several weeks I've been conducting a series on the spirit realm and uh, my goal is just to make everyone aware that there really is a spirit realm. You know, most people just pay attention only to the natural realm and never give a second thought about the spirit, the spirit realm. Uh, a lot of people don't even believe there is a spirit realm. Uh, but we need to realize there is a spirit realm and uh, it's very, very real. We need to understand some things about it. And so that's why I've been teaching this series. Uh, if you've missed any of the uh, uh, previous sessions, I want to invite you to go uh, back into our archives and you can catch up on anything that you missed. Now, uh, I'm not going to do a review today. Uh, I usually review, but uh, there's just so much that I want to say today that if I start reviewing, then I'll spend half the time telling you everything I told you last week. And you could go to the archives and get that. So uh, I do want to say that last week uh, I took up the uh, subject of where demons come from. Uh, talked about fallen angels and demons last time. So go back, listen to that uh, message from last week, and it will uh, will uh, catch you up. But um, demons are very real. Uh, I think that they're separate or different from the fallen angels. Much debate is made about that. But again, last week's message will uh, will help you with that. But I want to pick up today with demons and their activity. Uh, they they really really are real. Um, and uh, I want to say this, if anyone that's listened to me over the years uh, would know me and, and how, I, how I operate in ministry, uh, but in case you don't, let me just tell you that I, I don't spend a lot of time talking about the devil and demons. I run with God. I've been running with God since I've been a little boy. I haven't found anybody else better to run with. So I spend my time focused on God, teaching about the Lord and, and focusing on him, running with him. However, there are demons out there. There's a devil. There's one devil. There's fallen angels. There's demons. One devil, fallen angels, many, a multitude of demons. They are very real. And they, and we need to understand that they're real and to never talk about them, to never bring them up in, in a message or, or, or understand that they're real. Uh, I think a minister and uh, anyone makes a, a grave, terrible mistake by never uh, addressing the issue. Uh, the Bible says that if we're uh, ignorant of the devil and his devices, that he can take advantage of us. So I, I, I think from time to time, we need to talk about the devil and understand how he operates and so on and so forth. So uh, that's why I'm teaching this, this, you know, this lesson today. And that's why I spent the time I did on, on uh, demons last week. But the devil's real. Uh, demons are real. The good news is, is that we have authority over them uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And talked about that last week, but bears repetition Jesus gave us authority over the devil and demons in his name, uh, you know, the church. Jesus gave the church, believe, those who believe in him, authority over the devil and demons. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to know that. Do you know most Christians don't realize that they have authority over the devil and demons in the name of Jesus? I mean, most Christians I've dealt with over the years don't have the first clue. But uh, we need to realize that the devil's real, demons are real, and we have authority over them. Fallen angels, we have authority over them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is good news. So run with God 
and spend your time focused on him. But understand this, that as you live life, the devil will rear his ugly head at times. And, uh, and, and we need to be aware of that. We need to understand that. And then, and then if we'll understand some things about him and about our authority that we have in Jesus' name, we can run him out. Okay, run the devil out. So uh, now in Mark, the 16th chapter, let's go there. And uh, the 15th verse, Jesus said to his disciples, now this was after Jesus had risen from the dead. He came out of the tomb. He said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And uh, then he says here in Mark uh, 16, verse 15, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my, now notice, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, this is an excellent, excellent, excellent promise that the Lord has, has given to the church uh, that we have authority in his name, but it's also a commission that he gave to the church. And, uh, uh, you know, he says right here in uh, verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. So now, I want to say a couple of things about this passage here. Uh, First of all, let me say this. Uh, it, it, you know, if you go to a church and they don't believe, you know, in the devil and demons, that the devil is real and demon activity is real, uh, you're in the wrong church. I mean, you just really are. Uh, if you go to a church that just basically says, you know, no such thing as the devil or demons, you're, you're in the wrong place because eventually the devil is going to come knocking on your door. Demons are going to come knocking on your door. And if you go to a church where they just don't believe in, in any of that, you're going to be at a disadvantage because there's <laughs> that minister there and, and whatnot's not going to be able to help you because he doesn't believe in the very thing that's attacking you. On the other side of that same coin, you don't want to go to a church where they focus on the devil and demons and where they're having like what's known as deliverance services and they're, they're casting out demons all the time. Whatever you do, don't go to a place like that. I would, I would, I'd, I'd advise somebody to go to a place where they don't even believe in the devil and demons over a place where they're, you know, putting overemphasis on the devil and demons and cast, supposedly casting demons out at every service. You know, uh, I tell you what, in, in my years of experience, I know of some people who, uh, went to uh, certain meetings, uh, church services even, where they put the emphasis on casting out the devil and demons and they were just did that every service. And I know of a couple of people who actually went to, to, to those kinds of services and they actually got a, a demon attached to them and attack, uh, came under demonic attack and so on and so forth. So don't go to a church where they're focusing on the devil and demons, but also don't go to a church where they think that there's no such thing as the devil or uh, demons. Find you a church where the pastor and the, the leadership believes that, you know, the devil exists, he's real, but we run with God, we emphasize God, and but when the devil rears his ugly head, we've got authority over him in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of church you want to attend. I, I'm thinking of one church uh, that, I, that I'm aware of that they... Uh, 
Uh, and I'm not here to criticize anybody, but just to, just to make people aware. There's one church I'm thinking of. They advertised that the uh, gifts of the Spirit were in operation at every one of their services. And when I say gifts of the Spirit, I'm talking about the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12th chapter. And uh, they advertised that at every service, those gifts would be in operation. Well, I wouldn't go to a church where that's what they advertise because the gifts of the Spirit don't operate in every service. You can't promise that to people, legitimately promise that to people. The gifts of the Spirit operate only as the Spirit wills, you, you, uh, as the Holy Spirit wills. You need to understand that. But then there's other churches that I'm aware of that, you know, the, the, the folks will say, because I'll ask them sometimes, do you ever have the gifts of the Spirit operating in, in, in your church services? And they'll say, well, we believe, the leadership believes in the gifts of the Spirit, but we don't ever have them operating. But I tell you what, I wouldn't go to either one of those churches. I just wouldn't. One that, that says, well, we believe in it, but we never have it. Or I wouldn't go to a church that's just, just saying, well, we have these gifts at every service. No, no, no. Find you a church that's well-balanced uh, uh, and, and, and a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit and then operates and flows in them as the Holy Spirit wills. Then you've got yourself something. But anyway, uh, I think that will help you if, you if you listen to what I just said there. It'll help you greatly. Now, back to this passage here in Mark, the 16th chapter. Uh, just read verses 15 through 18. Um, and Jesus said, go into all the world. He's talking to believers, those who believe in him. And he said, preach the gospel to every creature and so forth. Just read it to you. Something you need to re realize about these verses. If you go into any good study Bibles, they will bring out that uh, in Mark 16, verses 9 through uh, 20. Now, listen carefully. Verses 9 through 20, a good study Bibles will bring this out. Verses 9 through 20 in Mark 16 are not in the original text. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, some Bibles, uh, some Bibles don't even include uh, Mark 16 verses 9 through 20. Uh, some of them do, but actually those verses were not in the original text. So what I'm trying to say is when you read uh, Mark 16 verses 9 through 20, you cannot establish doctrine based solely on those verses. So what you have to do, remember the Bible says out of the uh, mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So what you have to do here when you're reading Mark 16 verses 9 through 20, before you can grab onto any of those verses as doctrine, you have to find other places in the Bible that back those up. And uh, that's just very, very helpful to you. And if you take a course in Bible interpretation, you'd be taught that. It's very helpful. So you have to be watchful about Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 9 through 20. Now, notice here, let's just look at this. Verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature or every person. Do you see that elsewhere in the Bible? Uh, well, sure you do. That you know, Jesus went around preaching the gospel, and the disciples they went out preaching the gospel. So we have we can make that a Bible doctrine. We need to go preaching the gospel. And then he said, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned." Well, you have to watch that because there's people that'll come in there and say that. that look at verse sixteen: "He who believes and is baptized will be saved." Well, you study your Bible very carefully you'll see that water baptism is very important, but it is not a necessary condition that has to be met to be saved. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ 
is the condition that that you have to do, the, the requirement they have to do to be saved. But you see people that don't study the Bible, people that don't understand anything about Bible interpretation, and they'll come in there and they'll make a doctrine off of verse 16, and they'll say, well, you have to believe and be water baptized. Now, I believe in water baptism. It's very important. I believe in being ba- immersed in water, uh, uh, being baptized in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I, I believe that. But whether or not you're water baptized, it, water baptism is, it, is not, you know, a lot of people think you have to be water baptized to be saved, but you don't. But if you're truly saved, you, you ought to be going get water baptized. You know, there's a lot of people that, that trust in the waters of baptism to save them, to keep them out of a devil's hell. But no, 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 water won't wash away sin. Only the blood of Jesus washes away sin. And you activate the blood of Jesus when you believe on him with a repentant heart, you see. So the point here is you got to be careful with these passages. And you look at the rest of your Bible, you'll see that the the requirement to be saved is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then if you, I said it one time, the Holy Spirit gave it to me this way. You don't, uh, uh, you don't need to, uh, 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 you don't need to be baptized to be saved, but if you're saved, you need to be baptized. Let me say that again. Uh, you don't need to be water baptized to be saved, but if you're saved, you need to be water baptized. And that's really good, isn't it? And uh, but but again, you got to be watchful of these verses. Uh, so he who believes will be saved. And then if you believe, you ought to be water baptized. He who does not believe will be condemned. See, that that if you're not a believer, you're going to be condemned to a devil's hell. That, that Now, I can find other verses in the Bible to back that up, you see. And these, signs will fo- uh, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Now, I'm about to give you several verses that back that up. Okay, we'll come back to that. And they'll speak with new tongues. Well, you find that, that that's good Bible doctrine on the day of Pentecost. You know, when the day of Pentecost had, had, had fully come, I believe this is Acts, the second chapter. They were, were all with one accord in one place and the Holy Spirit descended and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So you see the speaking in tongues. The Apostle Paul said, I think my God, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And, and by the way, uh, speaking in tongues hasn't passed away. It's still for today. I don't have time to teach on that right now, but you see tongues right here. Uh, we ought to be speaking in tongues. Absolutely. And, and anyway, and, and much I could teach on that, but for the sake of time, let's move on. And they'll take up serpents. Uh, one translation says they'll pick up snakes with their hands. Now, you go in the Bible, you can't find other verses to back that up. You you just can't. You can see in the Old Testament where Moses threw down a rod, you know, him and Aaron, it became a serpent. And then the magicians did the same thing. They picked up the rod or the serpent turned back to a rod, so on and so forth. You could see that. Uh, the only other instance I can think of is where the apostle, uh, uh, the apostle uh, Paul had that b- b- bunch of sticks, you know, where he was c- uh, collecting sticks for the fire and serpent came out and bit him and he shook it off into the fire, the serpent, you know. But I don't see anywhere where the uh, uh, where Jesus or the disciples are handling snakes. I don't see that anywhere else in the Bible. See, I see where people are casting out demons. We'll see that. I'll see where we see in the Bible where they're speaking with other tongues, but you don't see in the Bible where they're taking up serpents and snake handling. Absolutely not. I said this for years. If anybody brought a snake 
into my church, I was going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. And that's the truth. No, <laughs> no snake handling going on in my church, but it's not Bible. You can't find that in the Bible. You say, well, why is it, why does it say that right there? Well, it, remember, you can't base doctrine on these verses unless you can find these, these, uh, uh, things elsewhere in the Bible. You can't find snake handling in the Bible. And if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. I don't find anywhere else in the Bible where they drank poison to prove that they were believers. So you see, you can't base doctrine on that right there. You know, there's churches in the United States, churches, I wouldn't call them churches, but that's, that's what they're called, where they, they bring snakes in, oh my gosh, and they'll drink poison. No, 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 no. That, that is just, it's not in line with the, with the Bible. And, uh, uh, and, and so these verses, I would conclude, should not even, even be in there in the first place. However, I do believe, and I do believe this, that if, if we, uh, if we ate or drank something, uh, accidentally, that was poisonous. I believe the power of God would sustain us. Uh, but then it goes on and say, says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now you find that all through. I mean, you see Jesus laying hands on the sick. You see the apostles laying hands on the sick. You see that. So you see you can grab onto that. That's that's good sound Bible doctrine. So uh, let's go back to in my name. Uh, they will cast out demons. Okay. Now those who believe, those who believe will cast out demons. Now, do we find that elsewhere in the Bible? Well, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of verses on it right now to back up that we as believers, should we run across a situation where there's demons involved? You know, we in the name of Jesus can cast the demons out. Absolutely. And, and there's much I can and will say about it as we go. But let's just Excuse me. Let's just give you some instances here from the Bible where we see Jesus and the disciples uh, on different occasions casting out demons. And so it's going to take me a couple of sessions to get through this. So I'm, I'm going to give you some of these instances. We won't get to all of them, but we'll get to to a good number of them. And we'll just see how far we get today and we'll finish it up next time. But let's go to Mark, the first chapter and the 32nd verse. Just some instances where Jesus cast out demons and then and then we'll look at where Paul cast, cast them out. And then I don't think we'll get to it today, but next week we'll see where the disciples, they brought a demon possessed boy to him and they couldn't cast, cast a demon out. We'll, and we'll, we'll show you from the Bible why they couldn't. Um, but, but we'll get to that probably next week. But Mark, the first chapter, verse 32 says at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to Jesus all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. Now remember, Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. All right. So, so what we're trying to do here is go into the Bible and see if this is a good sound doctrine, something that we can do. You can't, like I said, you can't, you can't back up snake handling in the Bible. You just can't do it. Drinking poison to prove that you're a believer. You can't back that up. But, you know, you, you we're going to show you that you can back up the casting out demons and believers ought to be doing that, uh, you know, uh, as the, as the, we'll put it this way, as the need would arise. But notice here uh, again, uh, they, they brought to Jesus all those who were sick and those who were demon possessed. The whole city was gathered together at the door and he, he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Now notice that. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. By the way, I just want to say this back up in Mark 16, where it talks about they'll take up serpents. Some people say that he's just making reference to demon power there. 
uh, well, I don't, it could well be, but because the serpent is, is uh, related with demon power, but actually he, see in verse 17, he just talked about casting out demons. So the, 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 the uh, snake handling is what that's making reference to. It should not, it shouldn't be in the Bible very clearly shouldn't be. But anyway, just wanted to say that, but those who, who were demon possessed were brought to, to Jesus and he cast out many demons. So can we back up? From this verse, can we, does that verse back up Mark 16, verse 17? Yes, because we see Jesus casting out demons. Demons are spirit beings. We showed you that last week. And uh, we talked about where they came from and all of that, where they may have came from and all of that. And uh, But he cast them out and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Well, where were these demons? They were inside people. See, demons are disembodied spirits, okay? And they're spirit beings. They're spirit beings, and they seek a body to give themselves expression in this natural realm. And um, uh, they want to control people. They want to run people. They, they really do. And, uh, um, but, uh, and, and they seek to get inside people's bodies and manifest themselves in this natural realm through people's bodies. And, uh, and they want to take people over. They absolutely do. But Jesus cast out many demons. He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Actually, there's one Bible verse that says when Jesus would walk by, the demons would cry out and say, we know who you are. You're the son of the most high God. You know, he'd tell them to shut up. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, but anyway, demons are very real. Now, notice here. So Jesus cast them out. And he told us to cast them out in his name. Now, notice in Matthew, the ninth chapter, look at this, verse 32. As they went out, behold, they brought to Jesus a man, mute and demon-possessed. So he was demon-possessed, and he couldn't speak. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying it was never seen like this in Israel. Now, notice something here. Uh, the Lord has used me in a healing ministry over the last many, many, many uh, years, over the last several decades. And we've seen many people uh, uh, healed by the power of God. And uh, uh, has everybody that you prayed for, Pastor Terry, get healed? Nope, nope, nope. But you know what? <laughs> Jesus didn't get everybody healed either. Absolutely, he didn't. Remember there in his hometown, Nazareth, they brought him to sick people and the Bible said there he could do no mighty work. Didn't say, say he wouldn't do, said he couldn't do and it was because of their doubt and unbelief. The Bible says he, he tried to, one version says he tried to but couldn't. Yeah, the son of God right there. And he wasn't operating as the son of God, by the way. He was operating as the son of man, anointed with the Holy Ghost. But right there, Jesus, and the Bible said he was anointed by the Holy Ghost without measure. And there he was in his hometown, and he couldn't uh, uh, heal anybody, except the Bible says uh, he, 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 a few minor ailments he was able to heal. But it, was, but it was because of the people's doubt and unbelief. So no, I haven't gotten everybody healed that's come to my ministry for prayer, but neither did Jesus. And uh, I'm not saying I'm on the same level with him. Absolutely not. Nowhere close. But, uh, you know, see, people misunderstand the healing ministry and they uh, and they think, well, you know, uh, Jesus healed everybody. Now, there's places the Bible says he healed them all. Absolutely. But if I wonder where that happened, there were high levels of faith going on there, you see. But there was in his hometown, he, he couldn't because of the doubt and unbelief that was there. Much we could say about that. But notice here. Uh, 
being in the healing ministry, I have uh, found this to be true, that most of the time, most of the time when people came into the, we, we had prayer lines for many, many years. And when I say prayer line, people would come up and they'd line, the ushers would line them up and I'd go down and pray for people one at a time, you know, and, and lay hands on them. The Bible says they lay hands on the believers, lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. And, uh, and most of the time, when people come in the line, they'd be sick with something. Most of the time, there wasn't a demon, uh, 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 there was not a, a demon directly causing it. Now, in one sense, we can say the devil is behind all sickness and disease. Certainly he is. But the point here is, is that just because somebody's sick doesn't mean that a demon is directly causing it. Okay? And so most of the people that came in the prayer line over the years, the vast majority, I'd say 99%, 98% of them, 99%, there wasn't a demon directly causing the, the, the sickness or disease. It was just, you know, the fall of man. We live in a fallen world and fallen bodies and sickness can hit the body. And, and so, you know, what I'm trying to say, demon, there wasn't, there wasn't a, a demon that had to be dealt with. Now, on a few occasions, I had to deal with a demon. I'll give you those testimonies as we go. But it is interesting, if there is a demon involved, if there is, and maybe there's young minister out there or ministers out there listening to me that God wants to use you in healing ministry, take it from me. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost because if somebody comes for prayer and there is a demon involved, you'll not be able to get that person healed <laughs> until that demon is dealt with. You say, well, how do you know if there's a demon involved? Well, in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discerning of spirits. And uh, the Spirit of God, the way, I, the way He worked with me is, is I always uh, uh, ministered to people, and if the Holy Spirit didn't reveal to me that there was a demon involved, then I just ministered generally, uh, just just pray, lay hands on them in the name of the Lord Jesus, release the power of God into their body, and go on. But there's there were a few times over the years where there was a demon involved, and the Spirit of God alerted me to it, and we were able to help some people greatly uh, along those lines. I'll give you a testimony or two as we go. But uh, be that as it may, uh, it says uh, they brought him again. This is Matthew nine thirty two. This mute person, demon possessed, and Jesus cast the demon out. See, so he got rid of the demon, and then the person was able to speak. Now, notice if you would Matthew twelve. Go to Matthew twelve verse twenty two. Then one was brought to Jesus who was demon possessed, blind and mute, blind and mute. And he healed him. See, what does that mean? He cast that demon out. And then as a result, the blind and the mute both saw, or both spoke and saw. Now again, so much, so many of the times when people came into those prayer lines over, 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 over two decades, uh, uh, a space of about 23 years, most of the time there wasn't a demon that had to be dealt with. We just, just released the power of God and people were healed. Uh, not everybody, but a large number of them were. And, uh, but, uh, but sometimes there was a demon involved. And here's two instances where demons were behind, uh, the sickness and the demons had to be dealt with. And then the person was set free. Uh, there again, I, I want to make it clear just cause somebody has sickness in their body doesn't mean that there's a demon present and that a demon has to be dealt with. But, uh, sometimes that is the case. And here I've given you a couple of instances where Jesus dealt with people that were sick and it was, uh, a demon was directly causing it. Here's another instance along these lines. Go to Luke, the 13th chapter and the 10th verse. Notice this. Now, uh, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman who had a, now notice she had a spirit of infirmity. 
a spirit of sickness. See, demonic power will cause sickness and disease, among other things, but uh, they will cause sickness and disease. And she had it 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. Now you think about that. And Jesus saw her. He When he saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. Now, what did he do there? He, he, he cast that demon out. He absolutely did. That's what happened right there. And notice then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. Now see, if that demon hadn't have been dealt with, then uh, <laughs> she wouldn't have been able to uh, been made straight. The, the infirmity wouldn't have, have uh, uh, wouldn't have left. She wouldn't have been able to get that physical healing, if you will, until that demon was dealt with. But uh, see, these things are very real, and and, and we we are at a disadvantage if we don't understand that they're real. And you see, the devil wants everybody to think that he's not real, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that's exactly what he wants people to think. But he is real. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And if the devil's causing something, if demons are causing something, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. And we can take the name of Jesus and run him out and run the devil out. And so here, this woman had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and Jesus saw her. He loosed that. He, he, he cast that demon off of her that was binding her. Then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Isn't this sad? This is what, this is what people bound by religious religion does. And he, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Well, he wasn't getting them healed on those other six days. This guy wasn't. You know, he was just... He didn't have any power. So there's a, a preacher that didn't have any power, didn't understand anything about the spirit realm. Just, you know, and he was jealous because I think because Jesus was able to help this lady in, in his synagogue and he wasn't able to help her. He is just ignorant of spiritual things. And and and, it's, and this guy should have been rejoicing that one of his synagogue members got healed. And instead, he's upset and mad about it. It just it, that that just aggravates me. But anyway, verse 15, the Lord then answered and said, hypocrite. Well, that's fitting. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his uh, ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham. Now watch this. Whom Satan hath bound. See, Satan bound her. Think of it. For 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. See, Jesus, he dealt with that demonic power and loosed her from it. And then the physical healing came and there was much cause for rejoicing. Uh, but yet the, the religious person bound by religiosity uh, that synagogue leader instead of rejoicing he was he was all upset and that's what you know religious people bound by religion will do i tell you what i've dealt with it in my ministry over the years and i i remember one time there was a man he came up in his back. He had been injured in a in a, uh, a, a football accident in high school, and he came, stood in the line, and uh, he stood there, and uh, he, he was telling me how what kind of pain he was in, and uh, I stood there. Now I'm very conservative, I, I, you know, is very conservative, but uh, uh, the spirit of God. Now this is just what happened. Tell you what happened. And uh, I went to, to lay my hands on him and the Spirit of God arrested me and said, just, this is what he told me to do. He said, just, just dance a little jig in front of him. <laughs> and I looked over to my right and there was a, there was a, a there was, I, there was four, two couples visiting. 
There four people. They're on, on the end of the row. And I looked over at them and they were just, you could tell they were waiting to see what I was going to do. Now I had a choice there to either obey God or appease them. And, uh, I just, I just danced a little jig. The power of God hit this guy, leveled him down on the floor. Those people walked out. Well, long story short, that guy finally took him the longest time. He got up off the floor. He couldn't speak. <laughs> he couldn't talk. He was just, anyway, at the door, he finally found my wife and I. And, uh, uh, he, he, it took him about, about 10 minutes to tell us what he could have, what normally would take just a couple of minutes. And he explained that he had been in a football accident. He'd lived in excruciating pain for years and years and years. He came in the prayer line, the power of God hit him and healed him and uh, much cause for rejoicing. And uh, I remember when he was telling me this story, there was a little girl that I, she was visiting that day. I, I didn't know who she was, but she was standing there crying, listening to him give me this testimony. And when he got done, I said, I said, uh, young lady, are you all right? She's crying. She said, I never been around anything like this before. I never been around anything like this before. See, it was the power of God. And, uh, you know, I had people, I had young people come into my church, uh, for years and different ones. It didn't happen all the time, but some of them come in there and they'd say, you know, it's, it's something different when I come in here. Uh, there, there's just, well, it's the Holy Ghost. You go into the church where the Holy Ghost is free to manifest and operate. There is a different atmosphere. Absolutely the truth. But those people that walked out, you know, I feel sorry for them, but, uh, I wish it wasn't so, but, but I'm glad I obeyed God. But, you know, I've, I've seen people, uh, be healed right in, in my ministry over the years. And, 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 uh, a lot of times folks in the church are indifferent to it, don't pay no mind to it. You know, they're more interested in when the service is going to be over so they can get up, you know, get up to the restaurant, beat everybody else in line to the, to the nearest restaurant. It's sad, isn't it? Just sad. But yet a lot of good people that I've had over the years and many rejoice when people get, would get healed. But I'm thinking of now one time, I didn't intend to tell you that story about the guy with the football accident, but this other time I had a, there was a young girl in, in, in my church and her parents brought her to me. Well, actually what had happened was, now I can't heal anybody. I, I can't heal anybody. Jesus is the healer. Okay. Without him, I'm helpless. Without the Holy Ghost, I'm helpless. Okay. But, uh, the parent, uh, one, the mother had come to me and said that her daughter was, uh, uh, diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. And, um, uh, the doctor said she's going to die. And I had noticed over the weeks prior to this, just as I look at the girl, you know, in, in passing and whatnot, you could see she was getting thinner, 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 thinner. And, uh, uh, but the, the mother came to me and said, Pastor Terry, uh, they've, they've, <laughs> she's got anorexia nervosa and she was very upset, said, you know, she's it's not expected to live. Would you pray for her? And I said, well, I said, you know, uh, just this next Sunday, I believe we're going to have a healing line, bring her in the healing line. And so uh, at the end of the service, I call for a healing line. There's probably, well, on that, that day, they, they they wrapped all the way around the church. There was, there was just, just, I don't know, I don't know, 50, 60 people wanted to be prayed for. And uh, they, they just stand in line all over the place in those days. And uh, but anyway, she went down. On, uh, she was standing down. This girl on the one side, <laughs> and I started on the other side because I didn't know what you know. I could see she's gonna because I prayed for her. You see, and I could see sense in the spirit. She's she's gonna die. She's not gonna live much longer. Uh, and uh, I, I could sense that in the spirit. And I didn't know what to do. I was at total, total loss. And so I started down on this end because I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to her. I was just going to pray a general prayer and move on. I didn't know what else to do. Anyway, long story short, when I finally step up in front of her, 
I step up in front of her and the discerning of spirits went into operation. And uh, now I'm not smart enough to think this up. I mean, this and I never thought of this. But you know, the Holy Ghost is smart. He's 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 God. He knows everything. I stepped up in front of her. That gift of the discerning spirits went into operation, and I knew faster than you could snap your fingers. I knew on the inside it was a lying spirit. That's what the Spirit of God. Right? I didn't hear an audible voice. I just knew right in here where the Holy Ghost is. He spoke to me. He said it's a lying spirit. Now you think about that. Anorexia. People with anorexia nervosa. Uh, they can be uh, skin and bones. They can they can be uh, like olive oil, you know, <laughs> Popeye's girlfriend, skin and bones. They can be thinner than her, and this girl was, and they, they can be skin and bones. They look, now think about this, they look in the mirror and they see fat. They think they're fat, yet they're skin and bones, a lying spirit. Now, let me say this. I am not saying that everybody that deals with anorexia or nervosa has a lying spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in this one instance, that was the case. I knew what it was by the Spirit of God. And so I, I didn't make a big fanfare, a big, uh, you know, uh, theatrical deal. I just laid my hand on her head and I, I, I commanded that lying spirit to leave her. And no more than I did that, the countenance on her face changed. And long story short, that, that, that lying spirit left her. Her countenance changed. She was instantly delivered. And she went out and she began to gain weight. And she, <laughs> she, she did well after that. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is the healer. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But see, the, the, the demons are very real. And in that case, see, at the beginning here when I, I told you, you need to find your church that, that believes in the gifts of the Spirit and flows with the Holy Ghost as He wills. See, if they had been attending a church where, you know, these things were never uh, acknowledged or dealt with, that girl, they'd have buried, they'd had to, in the upcoming weeks, they'd have buried her. Absolutely. She'd have went on to heaven, but she wouldn't have got her, got to live out her life. See, that's why we need to go to a church that's well balanced on, 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 on the, uh, on these things, you see. But to God be the glory. Now, um, let's see. Uh, 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 let's see. What do I want to do here for the sake of time? Um, why don't we, uh, why don't, why don't, I'm going to give you an assignment. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just come back and get that next week. Let's, let's go to Mark the, I was going to talk about the maniac of Gadara, but I'm, I feel impressed. I'm going to put that off till next week for the sake of time. Read Mark the fifth chapter. If you're following along with us and, and read that, read up on that. We'll cover that next week, but let's go to Mark the first chapter here and just doing my best to be led here. Mark the first chapter. Let's look at this here. Um, the 21st verse, then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Glory to God. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. They were all amazed so that, uh, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? Uh, what new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands, Jesus commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Now you talk about, you, t you know, you talk about, uh, 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 a service here. I mean, these people have come to synagogue. They're coming to hear, you know, the message or whatever. And, and all this, this going on. I tell you what, uh, 
You talk about, you talk, I talked about those four visitors hitting the door when I danced a little jig and that guy got healed. I tell you what, and normally I wouldn't dance a jig unless, you know, a little jig unless the Holy Ghost told me to. But you talk about them leave, leaving on that. I mean, this would have, this would have, uh, this would have, this would have really freaked them out. You just think about that. People are there at this synagogue and this guy with this unclean spirit, you know, and, and look, Jesus, he's, te- he's up teaching. He's up teaching and uh, with authority and boldness. And this guy with this unclean spirit cried out and said, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to distress? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus said, be quiet and come out of him. Glory to God. And then the unclean spirit convulsed him. I mean, you talk about shake, rattle and roll. This guy was convulsing. And crying out with a loud voice, see that demon didn't want to leave him, but, but he had to, and he was, he was convulsing him, and, and Jesus gave that command, and that demon had to go, and, uh, and it left, but you, you imagine the commotion that was going on there. My, 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 my. You talk about, you talk about making visitors nervous. This one will make church members nervous. I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> my goodness. But thank God Jesus was there. He understood the spirit realm and he understood about demons and he had that authority over them and he cast this demon out and this guy got set free right in the middle of a church or a synagogue service. Praise God forevermore. I remember some years ago, many years back, and, and, and these kinds of things only happen periodically at our church. Uh, always made the visitors nervous and sometimes the church members. And I had a lot of good church members. Still do. Uh, but uh, I remember one Sunday morning. And I remember the place was full. <laughs> I was just, I was all studied up, prayed up, ready to go. And I remember I walked up, I walked into the pulpit, this, this very pulpit here walked into the pulpit and uh gonna open my bible was gonna start just as i opened my bible the spirit of god spoke to my heart my spirit didn't hear an audible voice just to my spirit uh there's someone here with a spirit of suicide um and set them free that's what i heard and so now you know it takes faith to obey god and i had visitors there that day and uh, <laughs> that's what the Spirit of God said. Somebody here with a spirit of suicide, set them free. <laughs> and so now I got to decide, am I going to obey God or not? And so I said, uh, and you know, the devil, uh, one thing he'll do is he'll drive people to commit suicide. That's, that's one thing he, he'll do. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that maybe some next week and talk more about that. But that's one thing the devil will do. Try to and demons will do try to drive. There's one devil, many demons, and the demons are under the command of the of the devil. We talked taught you that last week. But one of the things they'll do is drive people to commit suicide. And uh, 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 anyway, but uh, I got up there and I said, "There's somebody here that's got a spirit of suicide on him." I said, "In the name of the Lord Jesus," I said, "Come out of him." Just pretty much like that. Well, of course, that got everybody's attention. At no more than I said, come out of them. I said that there was off to my left, this, 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 this shriek, this, I don't even know, how, but I mean, this shriek, this scream, this yell, this screech, yell, and just Aah! like that. And I looked over and it was a lady that I, I'd never seen before visiting that day. 
and I mean, she screamed, and I mean, the power of God hit her, and, and I mean, she just went straight down, didn't need a, a usher to catch her. Power of God hit her, knocked her flat down, right down on the floor. Well, long story short, uh, picked her up, the ushers got over there, picked her up, got her up, and uh, she was the one the Spirit of God set free that day. Isn't that something? Praise God forevermore. Isn't that, isn't that something? But I, you talk about, you talk about that was not a seeker sensitive service. I'll tell you that right now. And it made visitors nervous. It made church members nervous. It even made me a little nervous. But thank God she was set free. Why am I sharing this with you? Because we need to realize these things are real and we need to understand some things about them. Be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And uh, realize the authority we have in the name of Jesus. I will tell you something else that happened there on that one. I, I normally don't talk about this, but this might help you as much as anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I learned something from this. Uh, this was this was early on in the in the early days of when we had just gotten in our church building. We'd just been in there maybe a year or whatnot. So this goes quite a ways back. But uh, uh, in Luke the eleventh chapter. Verse 24, Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'll return to my house from which I came out and so on and so forth. You can read the rest of those verses, Luke 11, 24 and so on. But that, that, that spirit of suicide left that, left that person. And this is something happened to me. It may help you. It may not. And, you know, you may argue with me on it. You may not. But later that afternoon, my wife and I, we went to South County Mall and we we're just walking around. And, and, you know, something happened to me that never happened before or since. But I was walking. I mean, I mean, we, I think everybody's gotten the mully grubs and got low and, you know, think, well, we'd be better off if like Job, we'd have been better off if we'd never been born. And I think we've all gone through that. But I was seriously contemplating suicide killing myself I absolutely I absolutely and uh, I told my wife I said I don't know what's going on here I said uh, we were walking around the mall I said I said I just I just and I sent her on and I just sat there and uh, prayed and and uh, sought the spirit of God sought sought direction I didn't know what I was going to do and uh, and and so what he revealed to me is see when that when that spirit left that woman, it jumped off on me. It got off on me. I'm just telling you that this is what happened. You could agree or disagree, maybe right, maybe wrong. From your viewpoint, I'm just telling you what happened to me. And I'm I'm over there contemplating how to end my life. And uh, spirit of God revealed to me that 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 thing jumped off her and got on me. Absolutely. And he revealed that to me and, and then he directed me. He said, just, just cast it off yourself. I did. I just, maybe this will help you. I did. I spoke to it in the name of Jesus, told it to leave me, told it to go to the dry place. Now I say, where is the dry place? I don't really know. I don't know. I, I know it goes to the dry place and that's where I sent it. And I tell you, it left me and those thoughts left me and I was free instantly. And isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? But see, these things are real. Now, some people think I'm crazy for just even sharing that with you, but that's what happened. And, uh, and praise God, you know, uh, isn't it good we can seek the Lord and he'll give us answers and help us? Glory to God. These things are very, 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 very real. Now, let, let's close up here today uh, in Acts the 19th chapter. It's going to take me several weeks, as I said, to get all this in. But uh, 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 let's go to Acts, the 19th chapter, 
And because uh, I, I want to close with a couple more uh, testimonies and then we'll pick up next week. But uh, when I say testimonies, things that happened to me. But in Acts the 19th chapter and the 13th verse uh, says, Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits. See, had evil spirits saying, We exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, notice they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They're trying to cast these demons out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Because we'll get into it next week. Paul, he went around, he cast demons out of people at times. Absolutely. You know, remember Mark, the 16th chapter, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. And one of the signs was they'll cast out demons. And we see Jesus cast out demons. We'll see that next week that Paul did. And this alludes to it right here. But th- this evil spirit said, um, and there, verse 14, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Wow, you think about that. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. You know that people that are demon-possessed sometimes can have superhuman strength. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll I'll give you this testimony. I was visiting a church member back years ago, and uh, he was in a mental institution. He was put in there for for a period of time, and I went to visit him. And I was uh, sitting in there, and he and I were sitting out in the in the in the area there where you know the visitors would come and and, and meet people. And uh, I remember as he and I sat there talking. Uh, I remember I hear this caterwauling down at the end of one of the halls. There were like like three different halls that led out to this this visiting area, and I hear down at the end of one of them this caterwauling, and it kept kept getting closer, closer, and closer up where we were sitting. And uh, eventually it gets right up and it, 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 this, this big tumult and, and, it, and, and I'm sitting there talking to this, this guy. And uh, next thing you know, these, uh, <laughs> I mean, there were these four big orderlies, these big attendants, big guys. And there was this one little lady. I'd say she was probably, if I had to guess, I'd say she was maybe in her, in her mid sixties. I don't know. And, and she, she is skin and bones and her eyes were all bugged out and I mean she was making all kinds of crazy caterwauling demonic noises coming out of her uh, out of her out of her mouth and I mean she was just these guys were trying to contain her I mean four big guys were trying to contain her and she couldn't they couldn't contain her and they she was just kind of flinging them off and and finally she flung three of them off I saw it she flung the last one off and she's standing there just just caterwauling and 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 there are several people in there you know visiting and she fixes her eyes on me and and she comes right she comes right after me and uh and and she comes she i mean she comes after me and I, i'm sitting on this sofa and i mean this all happened quick and she got right up in front i mean just right out in front of me and i thought what, what? And you, you probably wonder what I did. You, you probably think I said in the name of the Lord Jesus, come out of her. Now, you know what? I jumped over the couch. <laughs> I did. I jumped over and got behind the couch. And, and about that time, those guys got her and they were able to contain her and, and, uh, and, and take her back. I'm not proud of myself on that one. I wish I'd have 
rebuke that thing and that, that was in her in the name of the Lord Jesus. I wish I had done it, but uh, I'm just telling you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But uh, I don't know, let's put you in that situation and see how you would do. You know, you can't know what you're going to do in a situation until you're actually in it. Now, if I could go back, knowing what I know now, I'd have rebuked it in the name of the Lord Jesus. But things were moving awful fast, <laughs> I tell you what. But anyway, um, I, you know, say, would the demon have come out? I have learned this. You can't get somebody free of demonic uh, possession if they don't want to be. You said, if they don't want to be, wouldn't everybody want to be free? Well, I'll give you uh, some instances where I, 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 some people, sometimes they, they like they like buddying up with the devil. Sad to say, I don't know about that individual. But I tell you what, you talk about superhuman strength. We'll see what that maniac of Gadara next week. He was able to break chains. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had a legion of demons in him. So there's superhuman strength, all right. But these, anyway, so uh, uh, when people get dem demonically taken over, but this man in whom the evil spirit has leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. You think about that. You think about that. My, 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 my. You know, it's interesting. Um, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Now, this reminds me of a, another story that happened to me. This was not in a church setting, but this was years. This was several years before I, uh, I got married. I was in my early 20s. And uh, I went with these two other fellas. They were they were a good deal older than me. I'd say they were probably in their mid fifties, uh, you know. And and I was uh, 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 probably about twenty one, give or take. And we uh, went to another uh, city uh, here in the outside St. Louis. Uh, we were going to play in a golf tournament. It was a two day uh, scramble tournament, and. Uh, so uh, we went and we were going to spend the night in hotels. So this was on a Saturday night. We had played the 18 holes on the Saturday and then we we're going to stay Saturday night in hotel and then Sunday uh, uh, play the final 18 holes and then drive back home. And so uh, we pulled into the uh, uh, parking lot of the hotel and, we're, you know, they said they're going to go in and sign us in. You know, we had reservations. They're going to go in and sign us in. And I was, you know, going to get the suitcases and whatnot and bring them up to the to the hotel uh, room and whatnot and so I'm out at the trunk you know of the car getting the stuff out and and uh, anyway I, I looked up and there was a lady uh, inside talking to uh, to the two guys and then this lady comes out and uh, and she walks down the sidewalk and uh, I had just gotten the suitcases out of the car the trunk and I'm just getting ready to head up uh, to the sidewalk uh, up up you know up to the hotel and she comes up to me and I mean she had uh, the it was like it was like all I can tell you is it was like there was more than one voice coming out of her that's that's I mean I never heard anything quite like that uh, there was like more than one voice coming out of her and I thought oh my gosh and she said uh, you know Jesus I know Paul I know but who are you uh, and by the way, see, these, these, these uh, uh, exorcists, see, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They didn't know Jesus for themselves, and they were going to cast this, these demons out because they saw Paul do it, okay? 
because they knew that Paul did it in the name of Jesus. See, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They weren't born again men. They didn't know Jesus for themselves, and so they didn't have authority over the devil. And the devil said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? See, they weren't born again, so they didn't have any authority over the devil, and so the devil ran, ran roughshod over him, you see. But nonetheless, Jesus I know, Paul I know. So this lady comes up to me, and it's like more than one voice coming out of her is all I can tell you. And she walks up to me and she, this is what, this is what I heard with my ears. This is what she said. She said this, she said, it sounded like multiple voices all at the same time said, we know you, we know who you are. You have nothing to do with us. You won't associate with us. We know who you are. You won't associate with us. You won't have anything to do with us. And off she went. And then she started running and took off. And I'm standing, whoa, what, you know, what's this all about? So I go inside and, you know, that shook me up. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's shake you up. And I go in and I go up to my, my two friends there and, and I, and, and, and I, I said, that lady that I saw talking to you, I said, what, what's, what's, I mean, what did she say to you? And they told me, they said, she, that she, they said, Terry, she approached us and she was soliciting us for prostitution. Now you think about that. And, uh, thank God they didn't have anything to do with her, but she approached them. But when she came out, that's what she said to me. So thank God, you know, I always, I, I took that as a compliment, you know, from, uh, you know, that the devil knows I won't associate with that kind of stuff. Praise God. I'm not saying that to boast myself, but these things are real. These things are real. We need to be aware of it. I'll close with this and then we'll pick up next week. I remember, uh, I was in a church service, uh, uh, one time some years back. This goes back, uh, quite, I don't know, maybe about 10 years. And, uh, I remember we had one of those healing lines and, uh, I remember I was praying for the sick and, uh, and we just call for those who needed prayer, you know, prayer for healing or whatever. And, and so there were many, I don't know, there's probably about, I don't know, 30, 40 people in the line that day. And, uh, and I remember I began praying for the sick, you know. Now, we didn't call for people who were demon-possessed. Demon no, we just called for people who had sickness in their body and needed prayer. And uh, and again, 98, 99% of them, it was just sickness and disease. Demons weren't involved. And these demonic things only happened occasionally over 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 almost three decades, okay? I'm just kind of highlighting some of them to you. So if you hear me this first time, you hear me preach, you think this happened all the time, but it seldom ever happened. But anyway, this last one, and then I'll close, and then we'll pick up here next week with some more, more scripture. But uh, I remember uh, as I got up in front of this, uh, this one lady, I'd never seen her before, she's visiting, and uh, uh, she, she is visiting, and uh, as, as, I, as, as I stepped up in front of her, she started growling. She started growling. Now, you don't really need the discerning of spirits there. <laughs> I mean, we know there's something wrong there. Everybody in the stadium knows there's something wrong there. But she got up. I got up in front of her. She started growling, and it was clear. But then, of course, it was clear there was a demon. There was demonic demon power there. And uh, and, and, and I said, to her, I, 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 now, now, I spoke to the demons. You need to realize, you see again and again where Jesus didn't, we'll see it next week with Paul. He didn't speak to the person. He spoke to the demons. 
And I spoke to the demon here and I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, I said, come out of her, go to the dry place, seek rest, find none. I tell you what, when I did no more, I said that and I just barely, I just barely touched her. By the way, watch ministers that are laying hands on people, trying to push people down and they're rocking people and trying to push them down. That's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost isn't in that. People laying hands and trying to get people to fall. And I tell you what, the Holy Ghost in it, you don't need to do all that nonsense. And it, that's what it is. It's nonsense. And I tell you, a preacher starts laying hands on people and trying to, you know, get them to fall. Turn it off. Get away from it. Absolutely. But, uh, this lady, I, I mean, I barely, just barely got my hands on her. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, come out of her. And, and I just barely, t and I mean, the power of God hit this woman and hit her from the top. I mean, just hit her from the top. And I mean, I, did, I mean, she went poof, straight down. I don't mean backwards, straight down like a sack, like you drop a sack of salt, boom, down on the floor. I tell you what, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. And my ushers told me later, the one of them, he, he's a good, they're both good men, but this one guy, he he said, Pastor Terry, the hair was standing up on the back of my neck. He said, my spider sense was tingling. Absolutely. And, uh, but what happened was, and I share this, people think I'm crazy, but you know that I'm just telling you what happened. But I saw in the spirit when I, when she went down, I saw in the spirit what looked like a black, it looked like a bat, B-A-T, went out off to my left. When I said, come out of her in the name of Jesus, go to the dry place, seek rest, find her. And it went, went that way, went to my left. And I didn't say nothing to nobody because that shook me up. I didn't see it in the natural. I saw it in the spirit. It looked like a bat. Went out. Okay. And she, you know, she lays there for a while. Pick her up. She's totally free. No more growling. Totally set free. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God forevermore. But here's, here's how that story ended. So I'm back afterwards. I'm greeting at the door. And there's a lady who was a math teacher at Eureka High School. A very sound, solid woman. This was not a nutty nutty, crazy, charismatic. This was a just a sound, solid lady. Teacher at Eureka High School, math teacher. And uh and so she comes and she you can see she, she she's a church member of mine. And uh she 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 was in the congregation observing all this when when that woman went down with a sack of salt, like a sack of salt and all that. And and she this teacher, she she she's like Pastor Terry, can I can I can I talk to you a minute? And I said, Well, surely. And so um anyway, I we stepped off to the side. She I, she was shaking. She said, she said, I she said, I think people are gonna I don't want nobody to hear this because I don't want nobody to think I'm crazy, but she said, she said, when when you laid hands on that woman and she fell, she said, she said, I saw, she said, I saw what looked like two black birds like bats now she said there was two i only saw one she says there's two of them she said and they went off to my right well it would have been her right my left she said they left she said it was in the spirit i saw it they left the building they went they left the building they they went that way i guess that's where the dry place was. i don't know but they left she said she said do you do you now i hadn't said nothing of what about what i saw i said nothing she said i saw that like two black birds uh, bats head out that way to off to my right when my left. So they went the same direction. She said, she said, do you, do you, do you, do you think, do you think I'm crazy? And I, I said, no, no. And I was relieved to hear that she, she saw the same thing I did. Then I shared with her what I saw. Folks, these things are real. They don't happen often, but they're real. We don't want to run with people that say these things happen all the time. 
because they don't and will get in trouble. And you run with people like that, you're liable to get a demon. But on the other side of that same coin, you don't want to run around with churches that don't believe anything like this exists because these things do exist. And the devil does rear his head at times. We need to be aware of it and we need to know that we have authority in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so I think if more lessons like this were taught, people would be more aware that the devil is real and behind a lot of uh, the, a lot of bad stuff that goes on. Well, hey, we'll pick up right here next week. I'll have a lot more scripture for you. Read about the maniac of Gadara if you're out there. We'll, we'll talk about other things too. Get into Paul's ministry. See why the disciples couldn't cast a demon out. We'll get into all that. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, repent of your sins. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And God will make your life worth living in the meantime. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.